Hello and welcome to this episode of Self Made. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. My guest today is the founder and CEO of Business Briefings, LLC. Please help me welcome Brian Cunningham to Self Made. Brian, glad to have you on the show, man. Hey, D. Thanks a lot. It's a great opportunity. Thank you for uh, having me on. No, you, you're more than welcome. So, Brian, we're going to jump right in. Uh, just to help kind of form up the uh, story of, of your life, I want to start at your childhood. Where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Okay, great. I, I grew up uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Actually born at The Ohio State University. Okay. Um, mother of uh, two young men, my, my brother and I, um, Chet, and, and uh, grew up in a single parent family a parent home, uh, boys in the hood type thing. And, uh, you know, we found our way, um, moved around a little bit, moved up to Cleveland for a little while, moved back to Columbus, graduated from uh, high school, Briggs High School in 1985. And uh, great childhood, you know, in our neighborhood, there were a bunch of uh, of uh, males in, a, in camaraderie. We all had single moms. Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of ran the streets and, and did what we needed to do. Um, I think that, uh, my mother instilled in us the opportunity of entrepreneurship, uh, early on in life, um, given the fact, uh, the income was uh, limited in our home. So shoveling snow, you know, newspaper routes, you know, raking leaves, cutting grass, yeah. uh, collecting, remember collecting pop bottles and taking them back to the store. Right. Right. All those things, you know, you know, I had to have generate income for myself and have pocket money, you know, allowance yeah. was $10 a week. And that didn't go very far back, even back in the early 70s. So um, went on to, uh, in my childhood, graduated. And uh, during my high school years, I played football um, and worked full time as well. Ended up my senior year working at uh, PNC National Bank um, uh, while I was in high school, my, that senior year. And uh, went on to college to uh, Bowling Green State University, where I majored in criminal justice. Hey, Brian, I want to ask you a question. So I'm a product of a single mother household as well. So mm -hmm. I understand, you know, the challenges uh, that come with um, being uh, raised in that type of uh, environment. Uh, were there any particular challenges uh, that, or obstacles that you faced as a child growing up? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, given the fact there was no child support, um, given the fact, uh, you know, looking for mentors, you know, you know, a strong black man to be, you know, to look up to it was kind of difficult. However, my mother did, you know, had introduced me to attorneys, you know, had to spend a day. I, I got in trouble. Uh, there was a blizzard in 1978. I was uh, a teen at that time. And that was a pivotal moment. Got caught in one of those vacant houses, just hanging out with my buddies. Uh, we didn't have school for like three weeks. And I was just out in the streets and, and uh, got caught up and got arrested and spent the night in uh, juvenile detention. Um, that was a challenge I had to overcome, um, understanding association. Yeah. That was a, a very big pain, a lesson in association. However, my mother was good friends with Les Brown. Yeah. He was on the radio station um, back in Columbus, Ohio. Actually, he got me my first suit, my Easter suit. And so a lot of the things he would do, we would go down on the radio station and, and do affirmations. I didn't know what it was. But we would say affirmations in that. Not long ago, I hooked up with him again, and I told him how those affirmations really um, guided my life. And as a result of that, it's where I am today. So that was amazing that, to have that. And so I've always sought out mentors, people that, folk, that uh, are, are somewhere where I'd like to go. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's important, and that's one of the challenges that um, you know uh, children are facing in uh, impoverished communities is, is really being able to to find uh, mentors and role models that they can uh, reach out to and and actually get uh, guidance from. So that's definitely a challenge we face. Uh, talk to me about uh, high school. What was high school like for you? Um, high school was a struggle at first. You know, um, I played football. Um, I did a lot of things that, that my peers did, um, and uh, I did work all throughout high school. Um, in the ninth grade, tenth grade, I worked at the baseball stadium uh, where the Columbus Clippers played. Matter of fact, Deion Sanders was uh, on the farm team then. Back then, um, I um, worked at Ohio State University at the football games when Archie Griffin was playing, and I sold soda pop and peanuts and cracker jacks at the stadium, um, and so. Just being busy, you know, I took advantage of all the things in the community center, the boys club, the local recreation centers. You know, back in the day, we kept busy. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we weren't in the house. We didn't have video games. So right. we were just <laughs> out in the streets, you know. And then we had that thing, the street lights come on. You got to be home by That's right. It's actually the opposite of now because we were dying to get into the streets. And now the kids, uh, you know, want to lock up and play games and, and things of that nature. So uh, totally different in, environment. You so uh, coming from a single mother household, uh, you graduate high school and then you decide to continue your education. Uh, were you a first generation uh, college student? Yes, in my household, I was. I was. I'm the oldest, and uh, you know, it was difficult getting in. My grades weren't that high because I was just busy, I was just you know, distracted. However, I got admitted two weeks after um, high school. In June, I went to summer quarter, summer semester, uh-huh. and it was a bridge program. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. It took me out of my environment. It took me into a place where I had to grow on my own. At, at 17, I moved out and I was in the dorm on campus. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, uh, you know, and then I had some folks that had gone before me from my high school that were in an organization and they surrounded me and basically helped guide me and mentor me through the process of being on campus. And so that was really great. I mean, it's probably one of the best times of my life in terms of changing and and understanding the world. What did you you attend college? Uh, Bowling Green State University. I went from 1980 to 1985. Okay. Now, uh, any significant events occur while you were there? Absolutely. Major significant events. One, um, my sophomore year, I pledged my fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi, Zeta New Chapter. Um, another significant event was, uh, you know, just graduating, you know. It came to a point where I was having to work two jobs um, and manage that and while I was going to school. And so I graduated, um, and I remember a particular point where I needed this class to graduate. And it was a difficult class, and I got... A 69, one point away from a C. Yeah. I had to have a D to pass. And I went to the professor and I was like, listen, I, I got, I, what is it like? I'm one point away. You know, I'm not asking you to give me anything, but let's look at these essay questions. Where are some points that I could, you know, make up at? But he, was, he wasn't willing to negotiate. Yeah. So the, the hood came out of me <laughs> and I just, you know, kind of flipped the desk and went crazy. And I got back home and the the dean of my college called me up and he was laughing. He said, Brian, you sp-, and this guy looked like Mr. Magoo. He was laughing. 
And he was like, Brian, you scared that poor little man. What's going on? I need you to come in my office right now. And I, the fact that I was on the um, Criminal Justice Society Committee and he was our advisor, so we had a relationship. He yeah. knew my struggles. And he came to my, I came to the office and I was crying and I was like, this is, this is major in my life. He said, Brian, you know, I know you've been around. I know you've been involved. You know, the spirit is done. We're not going to let this one point deter you. He said, I have the power of the pen and I'm going to waive this class so that you can graduate. And that was a pivotal moment in my life at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was your... Pardon me? Go ahead, go ahead. That was a point, a pivotal point, because I left my my buddies back in the, in the hood. You know, they were, they were... That was when crack was hitting. Yeah. And so somehow I was taken out of that environment to go to college. Right. Be part of an organization and graduate. And then when it hit my... The small town of Bowling Green University, Bowling Green, Ohio, it hit and it took me out. When I graduated, I went on. And so you look at pivotal moments in your life right. and during a crisis or a challenge, it causes you, it, it makes you be creative. It makes you be persistent. And that's about, about being resilient, would you say? Right. Absolutely. And I, you mentioned the, the crack epidemic. Uh, during that time frame, how did that impact some of the people in your community or maybe even family or friends? Yeah. Um, you know, some of my best friends, you know, I went off to college. And they stayed back. And I remember going back that summer after my freshman year just to go back, hang out with my buddies. And I, you know, things had changed. And I was in an environment. I was like looking around. I was, hey, let's go up on campus. Let's go, you know, it's block party weekend. We're going, no, no, we want to do this. Yeah. And I stepped back for a moment. I was like, these aren't the guys I remember. These are, you know, and so that was a pitiful moment. And to that point, you know, some of them overcame that situation and a lot of them didn't. <clears throat> A lot of them are here today, or a lot of them are incarcerated. And uh, I was just fortunate and blessed to be able to, you know, step back. And I think my mother would always tell me about my friends. Yeah. You know, she was always on me. She was like the, the mean mom in the neighborhood. But at some point in my life, when I, I reflected, I called her back up. I said, thank you. You know, the fact that she was persistent about, you know, who I hung out with, what I was doing, and, and the fact that, you know, the decisions I used to make, you know, she would chastise me and I would be mad, but I came back to her one day. I said, thank you yeah. for, you know, keeping your foot up on me and, you know, doing what you needed to do to see, you know, and my brother and I both uh, are college educated. We graduated from the same university. So, you know, that's a test out of our neighborhood on our street. I think out of 12 boys, only four of us graduated from college. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a powerful story. Do you um, contribute a lot of who you are to your mom and the values that she instilled in you? Absolutely. You know, her is wisdom and isms. Yeah. You know, I hear them every day. Actually, we're business partners in one of the firms. You know, I help bring her business down to uh, South Florida. She's a DBE and uh, disadvantaged business. And she does uh, diversity and inclusion. So she's a, she's a big time contractor. So, you know, we're still going. We're still learning. And I'm still giving her wisdom at, at yeah. she's at eight right now. Mm hmm. Oh, man, that's great. That's great. So talk to me about your journey after college. So you graduate from college and how do you begin your professional career? Um, you know what? I, I did my internship at the uh, state of Ohio uh, Liquor Control Enforcement. And I went through the enforcement uh, and was right along with the enforcement agents and uh, was seeing myself being in that career. However, you know, sometimes racism kicks in, particularly in law enforcement. And I had some folks that didn't really want me to be in that job. And so, OK, fine. Then I went to be a social worker at, uh, actually I passed the 
deputy sheriff's test. Okay. Um, for Franklin County, and uh, they said I had to be a jailer for three years before I get on the street. I said no. One, I'm not wearing into wearing uniforms. I'm into wearing suits. Yeah. And two, I don't want to be uh, in jail. You know, locked up eight hours a day on that. But you know, some people it's it's a career. But I saw otherwise. So I became a social worker at Children's Services, and working with neglected, unruly youth and who had been removed from the home. And that was my first contact with, you know, parents that had crack issues, you know, and, and financial issues, and, you know, that, that weren't educated and had, that couldn't even read or write. And yeah. it, it impacted me like, wow. And so at that point, I got promoted to uh, director of a special black male initiative called Simba through the uh, county. I was the very first director the goal was to get 100 black men to be mentors to the young kids, um, black males that were in, in foster home and under the, the supervision of the county. And we successfully did that. And then I got picked up by the Ohio State University Young Scholars Program. It's a nine city program for kids coming out, coming, starting and identifying them in the sixth grade, taking them all the way through high school, graduating with 3.0. And we gave him scholarships to the Ohio State University. Hey, Brian, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed that you you spent a part of your earlier career working with at-risk uh, youth and and families that are from disadvantaged backgrounds. Are there mm -hmm. any particular you know stories or inc incidents that occurred uh, that really impacted you? Absolutely. Had one young mother, um, a mother of two um, twins, and she was uh, strung out on crack cocaine. They had removed her kids. But through the intervention and, you know, the constant working with the family, we got her out of rehab, got her a job and, and, and the kids and got her kids back. So she thrived. And matter of fact, she's my Facebook friend. Yeah. She's a great grandmother now and, 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 and doing such like things like that. The other thing is that through the um, Young Scholars Program, we have kids that uh, one young lady is the assistant superintendent of Columbus Public Schools. I got twins that the one gentleman is a uh, director, medical director of a hospital, major, and his brother's a major engineer. So these yeah. were kids that were you know, disadvantaged, uh, first generation uh, kids like myself. And so as a social worker and in education, I blended those two to help folks overcome, you know, and, and give them the opportunity and help them empower to make decisions and, and, and improve their life. And, and that's the result. That's a legacy, I think, that I have in my community. Uh, and a very powerful one as well. Uh, so talk to me about your next career move uh, from here. So my next career move, you know, um, I got into real estate. I was up late one night watching Carlton Sheets. I, I, I used said, to watch them in college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, bought, I bought the kit. No I bought the yeah, kit yeah, as well. Kit. <laughs> I bought the kit. I went to the That's, the, how, the that's how I seminar. maxed out my first credit card. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I don't know what those type of people do. I'm gonna hold it to another law. If this, if this is how you can do it, you can do it. And I actually bought my first my first investment property with no money down, used like that whole formula. Really? I flipped it and made 42,000. I bought my first home uh, with no money down as well. While I was in college, I bought the Carlton Sheets program. And yeah. I remember I had a, a, a Visa, MasterCard or something, but it had like a $750 limit. And I want to say that program was like seven forty nine, dollars I swiped it. <laughs> but but I, ended up, I ended up buying a non-qualifying assumable loan. Back in the 80s, they had loans that you could sell yeah. the property uh, and you could sell it to a buyer who did not have to go through any type of qualification process. And I found a seller who had moved out of state 
and wanted to get rid of the, the responsibility of the, of the mortgage. And I assumed it with no money down. Uh, I did pay uh, some closing costs around four or five hundred bucks in, in, in closing costs. But that was pretty much the extent of it, though. Exactly. Yeah. And so it came a point in my life where I left the Ohio State University. I said, you know, I always said I'm going to get back to be an entrepreneur. And uh, I started my real estate company, development company and construction. I, I, I got up one of my buddies whose family was in construction. And he said, come on, just work on the job site with me. I need you to be my, my, my site manager, my superintendent. I'm going to teach you everything you know how to do. So I learned how to drive the backhoe, yeah. bobcat. <laughs> you know, I could get up on the roof. I could do what I needed. So I managed it. And through that process, I gained, you know, a whole database of sub trade subsidy. And so then I created my own company. I got my real estate license and I, my, my broker who was a longtime friend of mine and in 30 years in the game is my mentor. And so every morning I said, I want you to mentor me. He said, okay, fine. I need you to see you at the gym at 5 a.m. I said, what do you, he said, it's the only time I got. Yeah. So he knew that if I got to the gym at 5 a.m. that I wasn't going to be hanging out at night. Right. Right. And, and so that put, you would, that you're serious. <laughs> that I was serious. And so we'd work out and then we would, you know, talk about it in the steam room. And I had the playbook every day to do what I need to do. He took me to trainings, you know, that none of the other agents would go to. And I learned every training I would go to, I learned something. I learned this one opportunity. Uh, it was called um, where the seller, I brought a buyer and the seller said, okay, I want $25,000 for this house. And uh, I said, okay, no problem. Um, I got work with investors. Um, can we, uh, anything over $25,000 that you want is my commission. He said, yeah, no problem. I said, great, sign this. He signed the contract and I sold that house for, uh, for 68,000. Wow. Then I took off that hat and I became the contractor for the rehab and yeah. made more. So, you know, going through educational trainings, going to these conferences, if it's just one nugget I took, I would take out and I would apply it yeah. just like carbon sheets. I was like, wow, it works. So right. that those are, yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of the uh, the difference maker. You know, people get information uh, every day, but don't use it. So if you get the knowledge and the wisdom and never actually apply it, it's just like not having it. So uh, the, the the act of actually actually implementing it is is the key to um, being successful. I want I want to ask you about your company, Business Briefings LLC. Talk to me about that company and what you are doing there. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Business Briefings LLC was formed out of pandemic. Um, you know, whenever there's a crisis, it brings about creativity. It came to a point in my career when I was working at the Urban League as a director of the Entrepreneurship Center here in Broward County um, that I have fulfilled my legacy in terms of small business lending. We, we got a CDFI and put about $6 million out in the community for small business lending. And during the pandemic, it gave me a chance to transition. I had fulfilled that legacy and I started my business to take the same skills or transfer verbal skills that you use on the job. I created that business. And so Business Briefings is a strategic business consulting forum, you know, from startups to large businesses. We are a relationship company. We, we, it's all about relationship management. Yeah. Um, I met you through a result of relationships through my business and strategically working with these relationships and, and, and making input and looking at different things, opportunities. And that's when then I got a big 
contract, my largest contract is with the National Development Council. Um, they are national CDFI, uh, real estate developer, small business lending, new market tax credit, uh, market credits, as well as P3 groups uh, projects. Yeah. And so I'm the relationship manager for the state of Florida. I have about $100 million to put out in small business lending, but I work with the businesses. I go in and provide technical assistance, help them get the financials together, and then walk them through the process of access to capital. And then once they get that capital, then business briefings goes in and rolls their sleeves up to make sure that they can pay that loan back, but also to help them scale. Yeah. And in that process, there's some uh, compensation opportunities for the business as well. Wow. That's good work that you're doing. And I know you've been helping small businesses uh, in the community for some time now. So talk to me about some of the work you've done uh, in that area with some of the other organizations that, that you've been with. Okay, great. Well, I'm on the, uh, I'm a co-founding member of the Broward County Black Chamber of Commerce. I have uh, been on several boards. I am also on the Dania Beach uh, Marine Advisory Committee. Um, so the boards and opportunities, I was on the uh, board member for the Conference of Minorities and Transportation. So what that did is these organizations helped me provide additional resources for the small businesses that I'm working with. Um, and being a part of these organizations helped grow the network yeah. to be able to, um, I've got one young lady that we, that she was my very first client as a consultant at Business Briefings. She just got Forbes magazine, the top 30 entrepreneurs um, under 30. Wow. We just got her uh, a, con a contract with Broward Schools, um, which is the sixth largest school district in the United States. And so we helped her. We just got it. We just got her contract, a uh, tutoring contract district wide. And so, you know, that's just one of the, the experiences I've helped a young, young lady who's got her, her hair care products now and in, in going into Target. Um, help one young man who got his product into um, Walmart. And so working with those businesses, um, you know, down here in South Florida as well, um, providing that opportunity. It's been, you know, I feel that my purpose in my life is to help folks grow, help them scale, yeah. help them see things that they don't see. Right. And so I'm, I consider myself uh, a primary care physician in the business world. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good analogy. <laughs> so you check the vitals and everything. Huh? Right. That's right. So, Brian, I, I want to know from you, though, what ultimately what do you want your legacy to be? Great question. You know, um, Jermaine Smith, Dr. Jermaine Smith, Bar at the, the CEO at the Urban League of Broward County asked me that when I came. I couldn't tell her that until I left. But my legacy is understanding the purpose and if I've helped one person grow, help one person succeed, you know, the impact, and you know, I can say, hey, I touched that business. I touched that person's life. Right. And whatever I said, whatever we did, it comes back. Um, and to see that, that is my purpose. That's my legacy. Yeah. And they look back, oh, Brian helped me do this. Business briefings helped me do this. This is where I am today because he helped us. He contributed to the bottom line of us. And, and, and I think touching some folks in that way, mentoring them, um, that's my legacy. And, and that's a great legacy that, to have as well, and uh, one that surely is not underrated. Uh, I, I do want to know from you, having worked with so many small businesses, uh, helping them get their feet uh, planted firmly on the ground to get started, uh, what bit of advice would you give to any aspiring entrepreneur? I would say, you know, chase that purpose. 
in, in your business. Don't focus on the financials and making money right away. You got to understand what what problem is what problem are you going to solve in your business to improve the world, to improve society. Are you are you do you have a purpose to improve? And I think if you focus on that, everything else will come. And that will bring you influence as you become successful. It brings about influence and it gives you platforms to be on levels like this with you. Right, right. I tell people all the time that, you know, if you find something that you can have, it, it, it's your purpose. It's, it means more to you than just um, receiving uh, compensation. Uh, you, you can really create a, a, a rewarding and fulfilling uh, career for yourself. Uh, being able to change lives and, and impact communities, uh, that's the type of work that I, I love to, to hear about and I love to do personally. Absolutely. You know, one thing that we have is to be successful. There's two things in life that we're unable to change, uh, deal with and we have to deal with. That's time and change. And how you manage time and change depends on how successful you're going to be. It, it tells you at a point in your life. And I had a point in my life where I lived overseas in London, England uh, for a period of time, at a time in my life where I said, I'm always going to move to South Florida. And it came to a point in my life where I did that. Yeah. And as my son is a former NFL player. Um, and so those are things that have impacted my life, living the dream, putting out your vision and then executing that. Right. That that's the fulfillment. You know, I get it. I mean, that's my purpose every day when I wake up. Well, Brian, listen, man, I have enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, I'm glad that you and your family are safe from the hurricane that passed through last night. And as always, brother, it's good to see you. And thank you so much for being on the show. And to my viewers, thank you for watching this episode of Self Made with D Brown CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.